Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. the gastroenteritis blues we're back uh the sixers have been swept and it's all over now uh i am steve Littman. i'm with dan volpone and emily anderson hi guys how are you emily what's up uh, <laughs> um i wouldn't say i'm good right um i'm glad that i don't have to like look out for any more hurt in my life like just like i don't have any more like searing pain in my future but I, I wouldn't say i'm good dan i'm happy the series is over yeah yeah they can't lose to boston again for a while now at least at least a few months until they start again so i don't know about you guys but after game two i was like oh my god just sweep us all i want like because in my mind if the sixers had made it five or even like six games there would be no chance that they would fire the front office which is all i really care about at this point yes so when they lost game two, because game one was close and they, you know, there were a few things didn't go our way and whatever. Like, I was like, all right, well, they, you know, that sucked. But, uh, and then game two, they just get the doors blown off them in the second half. And it was like, oh, just, just euthanize us. Like, please, end the season. And that's what happened. Today, they, they got swept by Boston, uh, a team that I think before the year, everybody was pretty sure that we were better than, and Simmons yeah, wasn't there, but we also just didn't even look like the same league. Like, Boston... I mean, think about the first game of the season against yeah. Boston. Oh, yeah. We smacked him. We looked great. Looked great. Jalen Brown looked horrible. <laughs> I remember that game. He had, like, five points and four rebounds and, like, five fouls. And Kemba and I was terrible. Like, I was like, oh, they just paid this guy all this money. It's hilarious. Right. And then he was just, oh, he's going to be great the rest of the year, though. Jokes yeah. on us. Jokes yeah. on us, as it always is. Um, so, yeah, the main, the main feeling that I can speak to is relief that we don't have to watch them anymore. I say, like, we have to. I guess we don't have to watch them, but because we're from a certain area code, we have to. And uh, it's all over. We don't have to watch them. Now we're waiting to see what happens, I guess. Uh, Brett Brown is going to be fired, you would think, yeah. soon. I mean, I, I have... Enough. I have notifications for Woj and Shams, and uh, I'll keep an eye on that in case the official word happens, but, like, that's going to happen. Um, I mean, Woj had that tweet that was, like, timed for the buzzer that, like, (laughs) changes are imminent. Like, literally, I have never seen anything so, like, perfectly timed to a buzzer. Like, like, that was in drafts for days. Scheduled tweet, right. right. Literally, like, when they probably have, like, algorithms at ESPN. Like, when this game ends, send this tweet. Like, that's what it was. So I figure where we can start is to talk about this series, which sounds like fun, and we can talk about each player and how they did and, and what we thought about them. Does that sound good? Yeah, we're going to talk about real basketball today. Real <laughs> basketball sports. So I guess first we can talk about Embiid. Uh, Emily, what did you think of Embiid in this series? I think Joe was, like, close to the only bright spot of this series. Mm-hmm. I was impressed I mean, obviously he made some mistakes. I mean, more than a few, but just, I was actually impressed with his conditioning. I was impressed that he played so many minutes in all of the games. And like, he was really the only one that 
we could rely on game over game offensively. Yeah. 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 It wasn't enough, but. Right. Yeah. For for me, like he was great, you know, proud of him, love the guy, but it, it kind of shows like, especially without Ben out there when he has to put it all on himself, like kind of the same issues keep coming up and they're just more obvious, which like, it doesn't matter. They're not going to win with this bad of a team around him anyway. But it just, like, brings me back to, like, 2018, that series, where like, it felt like they were making the same mistakes to end the games. Like, especially in game three, like, the 10-0 run to end it when they were up two with two minutes yeah. left. Um, and just, like, the turnovers, the bad shots. And, like, I feel like it, it made it really obvious that, like, there's things that were clear he needed to improve on two years ago, and he still hasn't. And that's why he's, like, he's great. He's, you know, a, probably a top 10 player in my opinion, but, but he's not a top – three player or even close and it's a little I don't know I I, there was a time where I could see that being a possibility by now and it's just obviously not the case yeah it's hard because it's like the deck was sort of stacked against them in terms of winning this series against Boston who just has like a ton of athletes and smart defenders and like guys that will scheme them you know Uh, and the Sixers with like maybe a shooter like like it they just really don't have the type of players on offense that can that can optimize like an Embiid back to the basket series for seven games it just won't happen so like he didn't he didn't quit like I think it would have been probably pretty easy for him to grab his ankle and be like this fucking sucks I'm done like (laughs) this team is cooked I'll see you guys next year uh and he didn't and they didn't quit on Brett which I've I was happy to see after game two, I thought that it could have really turned ugly. Um, but yeah, he looked like him. I think, I mean, he's really good. Um, he can't do it alone. You know, like the top three guys in the league probably can take a bunch of like Al Horfords and, and play really well, but he's not at that level, but that doesn't, that, I don't think it's an indictment on him. I think it's this whole series was a giant indictment on the front office. Speaking yeah. of indictment on the front office, Tobias Harris, uh, the first thing we should really talk about is that I, I love Tobias, but t- and today he banged his head against the hardwood like incredibly hard. It yeah. was so scary. It was awful. I was scared. So he opened up I a was... cut. Yeah, go ahead. And he went back in the game. Okay, we Dan and I were just talking about this. Like, why? Who is making the decision, and are they doing it to be funny? That they're like, this guy has a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> And they're like, we're only down 19. Let's put him in. <laughs> put him in. Let's see what happens. What the fuck? What are we doing? What is going on? I had this vision of like, you know, uh, do you guys watch It's Always Sunny? I have some. There's this one where it's like, there's like, they wanted to talk to the lawyer, but they're like banned from the lawyer's office. So they like, the, the lady working the front desk, like they tied her hands up with duct tape and put her in the closet. And I, I, I'm in, like envisioning that Tobias did that. So like whoever gave him the baseline test. Right. And then he came back and was like, Brett, they said I have no symptoms. And he stuck him in. <laughs> right, exactly. Brett Brown is like on WebMD trying to figure out what to do about Tobias. While somebody's like notifying the next of kin. And he's like coming back in. I don't know yeah. what is happening. But there's no way he was okay. There's no chance. Uh, so what they said happened is that he had an, a laceration to or like around his eye. And he, they evaluate him for a concussion, which I think was just asking him, do you have a concussion? And he was like, no. And he was like, no. And they were like, (laughs) no. You know what? We cracked the case. Get back in there. Uh, uh, He had a terrible series. There's not, I love Tobias. Dan and I have argued about Tobias. And I think that there's a chance Dan had a point along the way. But uh, uh, he was just really bad. uh, This whole, I don't want to really, he had a better game today, but I don't want to criticize anything about him today. I'm just glad he's doing it. Oh, yeah, for for sure, Um, for sure. But yeah, he, he was just completely no-showed in the first three games, and uh, it was tough. Dan, you want to gloat? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a bummer. Like, obviously, I wish – like, I, I don't think that I was ever making points about Tobias that you didn't even agree with or anything. I no, not think, even – yeah, right. I think if, for you, it was like, you know, you like him as a guy, the right. contract's there. Um, but now that the season's over, the way I'm looking at it is like, are we going to have an amnesty – like yeah, so that that's so good. bad. Right. Like it's it's not like he played as like a guy who should have only gotten five years, a hundred million. You know, he played like a guy who should have gotten three years, thirty-five million. 
Yeah, that I mean, and he was terrible against Toronto last year. So it's like, as much as I have defended him, like part of what I'm defending is his consistency. Like he is what he is, but he'll get you like 18 points. He'll shoot threes. He'll try on defense. Like, and when he just completely can't do anything uh, yeah. during, and he's not an impactful defensive player. So it's like if his shots aren't going in, it's really hard to do much of anything with him. And when you think about his contract, it's like yeah. two playoff series in a row like that are really hard to reconcile. Emily, your your Tobias thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think just not that he's not replaceable, but I think even him going out today was kind of like a referendum on the poor construction of this team of just like having one less veteran out there. Like they right. just fell apart. Like when he went out, the game was like kind of close. Like they were in striking distance and he goes out and whether it's them being shaken up by seeing their teammate die or almost die. I don't want to like even joke about it. Yeah. Um, but then they just kind of completely fell apart after mm-hmm. that. So even just like his, I think his presence is, valuable to the team but I I mean like I said I think you could find someone else with that presence but yeah, yeah the consi- I don't know if it's the bright light of like the playoff series that they have to win and he just really dims I don't know because like like you said he is a consistent player every yeah. other time yeah I mean and then you look at even if you just like on a basic level look at Boston's personnel and like they just have Tatum and Brown who are like great athletes who are going to make him run around on the defensive end and who won't get bullied by him uh, when they're defending. Yeah, I think, like, just looking at uh, this series, especially because you look at Boston's wings, but even just the rest of the year, we kind of talked about, you know, the fit was awful, like, pathetic roster construction. And we look at, like, why would you put Horford with Embiid? Like, why would you just assume that Simmons is going to start shooting? And and we talk about, like, the non-shooters. But <clears throat> Harris is a decent shooter. Like, he's an okay like slightly above average three-point shooter can shoot from other places on the floor mm-hmm. and also feels like a bad fit and I think like going into this summer if we have the chance to get some overhaul which we might not um and obviously it doesn't matter we don't have a say anyway but for for what I'd like to see is someone who can move the defense around a little bit like Tobias is not going to attack a closeout well because he's not quick enough yeah and occasionally he'll be he'll, he'll beat his man to the basket and have like a a nice dunk and that's those are some fun moments but but most of the time that doesn't happen and oh he was missing layups this series which was brutal he really needs to be a power forward like mm-hmm. like his build and what he's good at like he is a strong guy who's not fleet of foot so like when he is at his best i feel like is when fours are guarding him and when he's guarding fours so in this team everybody's a four and nobody can shoot and it's like go guard threes and make threes on off it's just I think it's tough, and and I don't I can't blame him for the contract, but like, uh, what what we're looking at here is like there's going to be a new CBA because of everything that happened with COVID. So Michelle Roberts and uh, like the Pre- Players Association, they're going to come up with a CBA, and there's been a lot of talk about the potential of an amnesty clause. Uh, like the amnesty clause basically absolves a team of one contract, uh, so that Tobias and Harris. For example, his deal would no longer count on the Sixers cap. And I, as much as I do like him for like his leadership and intangibles and uh, vlog appearances, I feel like it's sort of malpractice if they don't use that on him. Like, I don't think you can justify his cap number on this team if there's, if there's a way out of it. What do you think, Emily? Well, how does it work? So I'm not like, I've tried to read up on it, but I don't really. So if they use the amnesty clause on Tobias and his numbers don't go against the cap, like they still have to find like a trade partner or like something for him, right? I believe, like, no, I believe he's waived. So that oh, okay. still over the cap even after they waive him. What did you say? Okay. They're still over the cap even if they waive him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's assuming, that's assuming that the cap number doesn't change. Right. Which it could right. go down. So yeah. they might be in cap right. hell even after they amnesty their worst contract. Right, right. So gotcha. they could amnesty him and then, um, yeah, I mean, they still have to figure out what to do uh, after that. So that will kind of bring us to Al Horford. He was basically a nothing in this series. I actually, in the first game, I thought he played, like, good defense. I thought that he yeah. was, like, trying his best and he had that one putback where he screamed. And I really, I really identify with that. Just like 
getting a heap of shit every <laughs> every game and your sister won't stop talking on Twitter <laughs> and he like gets one layup and he's like fuck you guys <laughs> look at me now um fiery al was awesome it's a lot of fun a lot of fun and i lasted three seconds it was great right connected with him on a human level when you did that i thought it was really nice uh what did you guys think of al in this series not much Um, yeah like i just looking at what he did he did what i expected him to do which wasn't a lot nothing Um, like i know like you you made a you made a joke to me the other day steve about um before the series started like al Horford for jason tatum stopper literally he was being asked to do that and like obviously he can't do that like they were thinking about jalen brown who can like be one of the faster guys in the league and al horford's just like knees barely holding on like he's not going to be able to guard anybody on that team what a stupid idiot i am one night my next man I go have you talked yourself into Al Horford, Jason Tatum, stopper. I'm a moron. <laughs> Emily, what do you think about Al? Oh, God. I mean, it just, like, is painful to watch sometimes him play. He's so slow. And mm-hmm. I just – if I had to get rid of one player on this team, like, I guess cap numbers and contracts be damned. I know they're not, but right. I he needs to go. He doesn't fit. It doesn't work. I have faith that – Maybe to, we can fit Tobias in, but I don't know what happens to Al. Like, we cannot be paying this money for someone to come off the bench. At least Tobias is starting. Like, yeah. it's just garbage. No, the one thing they proved this year is that, like, Simmons and Embiid, their two young stars, cannot play with Horford. Like, it yeah. doesn't work when the three of them are in the same lineup. So, I, I think that they'll actually be able to find a way out of it. You know, the OKC pick conveyed, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, and the other thing, the only reason why I'm a stupid moron, we talked to the Celtics pride guys. We, we um, all picked the Sixers to win the series. Yeah, yes, we picked that, we, yeah. The, the three of us all went for the they, It was funny. They were like, you guys spent the whole podcast shitting on the Sixers and you all picked the Sixers. And said, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing, man. That's <laughs> what we do. Yeah. Um, uh, but when we were talking to them, they were like, I will tell you, Al turns it on for the playoffs. So... He's going he's gonna to really show out, and it's like, boy, did when he. When he yelled, that's him turning it on, <laughs> and he turned it right back off. He <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful right. five points a game. Yeah. Huh. Um, uh, the next person we can talk about is Shake Milton, who I actually was probably like the one pleasant surprise uh, for me. I, I was really impressed with Shake. I was terrified that Marcus Smart was just going to, like, beat the shit out of him all series and he was going to cower. But I thought he was, like, completely, like, fine and impressive for who he is and how much he's played, Emily. Yeah, I agree. I think he's, like, a young, bright spot. And I just think that, you know, we're always talking about the Sixers needing shooting around them. And I, I think that Shake is one of those guys that can bring it to the team in the future, especially on his, you know, rookie deal. Um, yeah, I, and also same thing. I was, I think I talked last week about how Shake like is scared all the time. Like, didn't I say he wanted to yeah. like be braver by watching no, horror yeah. movies that night? <laughs> you did say Like, yeah. I think it worked. I think he really stood up to the Celtics defenders. I was proud of him. Right. Shake, walk, Shake watch, uh, saw every night yeah. before the game. Uh, Dan, <laughs> what do you think about Shake? I thought, I mean, Shake played well. He hit some shots, which is like the only thing they're really going to ask him to do. Yeah, I mean, like, what the hell is he supposed to do on Kemba when yeah. Joel's in drop coverage and he has to go over a screen with no – like, that's not – and even today, I know, like, they pulled Joel up a little bit, but Kemba played great, which is going to happen sometimes anyway. But he never really had a chance defensively. Um, but he played hard on, on defense uh, yeah. for the most part, so I don't have any complaints about him. Yeah, I mean, he, he uh, has to get stronger for sure in terms of defending – in the NBA because he actually does have great length, but you have to be like strong enough to be in a position to leverage that length. So I, I mean, I think his shooting is for real and I'm happy he's here and he's probably being traded as we speak, but I really, I really like shake and I was happy to see him just shoot the ball well uh, against Boston. Uh, and then uh, not shooting the ball well against Boston was Josh Richardson. Dan, what did you think about Jay Rich? I had a lot of thoughts about Jay Rich this series. First yeah. of all, I called Jason every time on the national broadcast. I'm What's going on? Can't get Mark and Allah. So no one knows that Jason Richardson was a different player who also played for the Sixers. Correct. Uh, Josh, the first two games I thought really sucked. And 
Doris spent the whole game talking about how well he was playing, in game one at least. And then I think Van Gundy did the same thing in game two. And I was like, are we watching the same player out here? Mm-hmm. And he, uh, his, he cannot pass the basketball. No. He's, he's clearly, you know, he's played basketball for what seems probably his whole <laughs> life. And he just can't – he can make some shots sometimes. He, he's like, you know, he, carry, he looks like, like confident when he moves. He's a decent dribbler. And he cannot pass for his life. Yeah. And, and like, obviously, the one you think of is the Embiid, um, like, dumping, where he just threw it to the wrong side and nowhere near him. And yeah. it was like, that was like, for game two, it was like, okay, this is, this is it. Yeah. But even in the last five minutes of, of game four today, he, on the three on one, threw the ball out of bounds instead of taking a layup he was given. And then threw the inbounds pass away from Embiid, who had sealed position. <laughs> he just – I can't t- – like, what are you doing? Yeah. Emily? Yeah, um, I'm with you on all of that. I think he's also, like – maybe part of that is just, like, bad decision-making, like, yeah. or slow decision-making. And then when he makes the right decision, it's too late, but he still does it. And I was like, that was the right decision three seconds ago, not now. <laughs> Um, but other than that, I still kind of like him as a player. I, I kind of want to see him back. Mm-hmm. Um, Play good defense. I, yeah. His defense was good. And I think he can, out of a lot of these guys, I think he can fit in with this team. He's long. Um, so I like him as a player, but just, I think he needs to just like watch a lot of film and like play some they need to come up with some game where he has to make decisions fast and like make the right one do they have those in basketball training like i need something (laughs) like or like reaction time like we need to like see something and hit a button fast and like something no when he's dribbling when he's dribbling it looks like he's buffering so i don't really know what we do about that but uh i wrote something recently about josh and i don't think that like sixers fans were able to like appreciate what he's actually good at because he was the only guard in the starting lineup, and he's just not good enough offensively to be that. So I feel like he wasn't – he didn't, like, progress in the way that this specific team needed him to, but that doesn't mean he's, like, a bad player. I really feel like he's probably a decent player. He's a good defender. He, like, tries constantly. He dribbles forever. But, uh, I, yeah, it, in terms of him being here next year, I think it just depends on how much they can do – with the other guys, you know, if they're able to actually get two other guards uh, to play next to him, if they're able to get off Tobias and and uh, Horford, I would be happy to have him. I think that he he does make winning plays when he's not asked to do too much. They might have to package him to move some of those other guys now. Exactly. So yeah. he might have to be tied to Al to for us to bring in Terry Rozier. So we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and then we can talk about Matisse Thibel. Uh, Thibault was great against Tatum in game one. And then after that, I mean, Tatum was unbelievable all series. Uh, and then after that, it sort of became tougher for, he started game two. And then after that, Brett started, uh, started Horford. What, what are you guys thoughts on, uh, on Matisse in the series? Yeah, I was impressed. I was really impressed with his defense in game one. I just thought, but then I also thought that he, well, he wasn't as good after that. He wasn't given as much opportunity. Dan, are you eating a paper towel? What are you eating? I'm eating bread. This is firing okay. soon. Got it. Got it. Oh, the Sorry, Emily, Emily, I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought he was eating a paper towel. Go ahead. <laughs> Which then we should have discussed that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought he wasn't given as much opportunity, but I don't think it would have mattered. So like everything is like, what's the point sometimes? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he still played well when he got the chance to start, but Tatum was too much, which he was going to be. Matisse is a rookie. But I thought at least in game three and game four, he would get some opportunity. Like, Neto was getting minutes. Did Neto need to be getting minutes? Yeah. Give Matisse a a chance. Furkan wasn't hitting a shot, so he was giving you pretty much nothing. Yeah. Might as well throw Matisse in. I don't know. I would have had him played. Yeah, I would have. I'm interested in, like, why Brett – went back to starting Horford. I feel like their best chance in the series was just like match Thibault's minutes with Tatum and just like see what you can do. And if he fouls him a lot, then you'll adjust. But I, I, I don't know if any part of that is Brett like thumbing his nose at the front office and being, being like, look at all these tall guys. This is it. Enjoy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, the first game was good. And then 
he just has to hit more shots, I think, and I'm I'm sure he'll work on that. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm very happy he's on the team. And much like Shake, he's probably being traded. Right he'll now. be gone. Yeah. Yeah. He was shooting forty six percent from three to start the year too. But obviously, no, it was unbelievable. Not who he is, but yeah. Uh, and if we want to add anything on Alec Burks, who was sort of just – he was Alec Burks the whole time. He got hot sometimes. He shot every time he had the ball. That's uh, anything, Anything's handsome. Anything? That sums it up for me. Yeah. All right. Good. We covered that. I'll uh, probably leave the Sixers and then, like, go on to shoot 50% for the season next year, though. So it's On like, Boston, which I can't wait. <laughs> exactly. Good, um, good point. So then that brings us to Brett Brown. Uh, Brett – was just speaking to the media and sort of obviously would not uh, comment on what's going to happen with the team. And obviously the writing is on the wall. I'm sure there's a good chance that by the time you hear this, he's fired. And, uh, but for this series specifically, how would you say you thought Brett was Emily? I mean, I think it's the same. I am confused about the Matisse minutes and like giving you know Neto run and whoever you were giving run instead of like getting this rookie that your team is not building around but trying to groom and like yeah. bring in to be like a a defensive star and like you're not going to win so like at least give him the run and like give him some minutes and try and guard Tatum in the playoffs and like learn from those mistakes but I mean I feel like now having watched them get swept and having watch the series I feel like the writing was on the wall the whole time and like with this roster what can he do like so I don't want to like bash his coaching because I don't I don't personally couldn't do a better job I don't know what he could have done better but also with that being said he'll be gone tomorrow and I'm okay with that decision yeah yeah I I think that game two was really ugly and it was like if there is any doubt that Brett like might like the Sixers might you know squeak one out and anything weird happens and it's like that was out the door yeah and then and after that like like you said like I thought it was weird to start Horford but it was game it was coming off of what was like a 27 point loss yeah I was like I don't care you know he can start him it doesn't matter anymore right so I didn't really have a lot of thoughts on anything he did they were a worse team I I thought it was you know maybe not the right thing to do. I also thought it didn't matter at all. So yeah. it was like, he's gone and it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard because I really love Brett. Like I have just, yeah. he's been with us since the beginning of this. So I feel like he's so one of us and like the way he speaks and, and, and the kind of person that by all accounts he is, it's like, it's tough to, to feel like it is time to move on, but it obviously is like, the team not trying on the road and not being able to win on the road is like a problem. So that's a problem I'm sure for Simmons and Embiid, but also for the coach that isn't really getting the team to perform when they're not at home. Uh, the drop coverage should not have been there against Boston. Like there's, you can't do it against Kemba and against Tatum. It, that like, that feels pretty inexcusable. So like, while I don't think that this whole thing is his fault, like I don't, I really don't. I think that, at the same time, it probably is time for a new voice. And, like, I'm sure they're going to be doing that uh, pretty soon. Yeah. So there, that, there's, nothing, there's nothing that he, that, that he does that makes you think that, like, they really need him to be the coach. Yeah. Like, that he's, like, a uniquely good coach that someone else couldn't do at least a similar job with, you know, if not much better. Well, like, especially especially when the whole keeping everybody together thing didn't really happen this year. So it's like he did that through the process. Like he he lifted everybody up and he was like the sacrificial lamb for all this. But this year the, the team's culture and locker room wasn't even something to be proud of. So yeah. it, it just seems like, you know, you can, you can be somewhere too long. So I'm sure he'll wind up somewhere and uh, be at least on a staff. I feel like he's well-liked in the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that brings us to the front office. The big question here is like, will they clean house in the front office? I am terrified that all Harris and the rest of the ownership group are going to do is fire Brett and then throw their hands up and be like, all right, we got out. We got rid of the bad guy. We're good. Let's, let's hire a coach and, and we'll be fine. So that's what I'm scared of. What do you guys, where are you leaning? What do you think happened? Dan? Yeah. I, I oh, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, sorry. I um, I, I think that maybe Elton goes, and I don't think that actually matters. 
um, because they have everyone else there who has been there since, since all of the post-Hinky screw-ups. Um, and I think they're going to stay because Josh Harris likes him. I think they talk about money a lot, and Josh Harris loves to hear them talk about money and make decisions based on that. And I think really the only reason Elton was hired in the first place is because Josh Harris doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And he said, well, we need someone who's going to, you know, keep these guys together. I like these guys. So uh, Elton Brand, you know, smart, went to Duke, played basketball, no experience, perfect. Let's toss him in. And then if anything goes wrong, we'll blame Elton. And I'm sure Elton's obviously not good at this job because he has no experience with it. And the only like, season he's had working in a front office was with some of the most pathetic decision-making ever. So, he, no, he should, he should not have a job. He should not be GM anywhere. I mean, if he you know, works his way up through an organization instead of just coming straight out of the league, then I'm sure he could do a good job. And he does seem like a genuinely smart guy. And probably could do it, but he was ill-equipped to do it now. And and everyone else there needs to go, And I, but I don't think they will. And I, I wish they would. They they have clearly no one who knows what they're doing. Right. Emily? Yeah, I agree. I'm terrified of the same thing, of them not. And, yeah, I think Elton needs to go. Not that I don't think – I mean, I'm not saying he could never be a good GM, but I just, like, looked it up because I was like, I can't have this right. I do have it right. <laughs> he got from being, like, named to a front office position to being the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, it was less than two years. Two right. – less than two years of any front office experience, and you're like, GM, yes, that – you're he ready. He didn't even work in the – He wasn't even, like, assistant GM. He was the no. GM. Which do you make, like – do you make personnel decisions as a G League GM? Like, doesn't that just all come from the the big team? And it's not like it's not like the blue coats were like constantly sending up like ridiculous talent. Like, <laughs> where the hell did Elton find this guy? This is unreal. Like, like right. they didn't have like some great pipeline. Like, what did he do that yeah. made you think like, exactly. oh, he's ready? Let's send him up. Yeah, and then he was a player development consultant before that, which I feel like is the job that you give old players who like want to get in the front office to like get their feet wet, which is fine if that's what he's interested in, but it doesn't happen in two years. So like why did why did the Sixers think that was a good idea? Like I don't I, get it. I mean, for some reason, for some reason after the Colangelo thing happened, and again, the Colangelo thing was Colangelo creating all these Twitter accounts to shit on his own players. So cool. And like release information. It's, uh, it's the craziest thing there's ever been. I hate them but then all. After that happened, Josh Harris was like, all right, we'll interview GMs. But Calendula's buddies, they got to stay. Sorry. <laughs> they're with me. And they're really good. Like everything's been, the Jared Bayless contract was too good. He found Sergio Rodriguez. It's like, what are we doing? So, uh, yeah, so, Dan, I honestly think it's a worse scenario if they fire Elton and then once again tell candidates you may not hire other people to come into this. Front. I, like, yeah. I can't even. Tim Duncan, you want a GM job? Yeah. It's like you're get, hiring someone for their their vision or whatever, and you're like, but we're not giving you anyone that supports your vision. <laughs> we're not giving you anyone to help you, and if you don't do it, you're fired. Exactly. That's what there's. But good luck. It'll be fine. Yeah. So I don't really know what they're going to do. I mean, what I hope is that, like, they submit to public pressure now, like, because I, I would hope that uh, fans and uh, even, like, Doris Burke said during the broadcast, like, they need to look at the organization top down. Like, I would just hope that there is enough public pressure to shove Harris into a locker and, like, make him be a big boy and, like, fire everybody hire a real president of basketball operations and then let that person hire their own people. Like they need to operate like a real front office and like, I'll never like Josh Harris, but if he just goes away, like the team can, there's a way out of this, but there's no way like firing Brett and being like, that's it is like, we'll be right back here. I mean, if you worked in this front office and Josh Harris calls you into his office and he said, why should you keep your job? Like, what, why should I keep you? Like, what could you possibly say? This is anything legitimate. Like, right. we, I was, a, you know, a major part of the, of the group that screwed up, like, possibly the most unscrew-upable roster. Right. And, uh, yeah, I want to help you fix it now. Like, 
You, yeah. There's nothing. There's, they've done nothing good. Right. I mean, it's hard because when you don't trust the owners, it's hard to be encouraged by like any hiring process. But right. at least if they were to get rid of everybody and announce that they're hiring somebody to do the rest of the hiring, then at least it's like, at least like they'll be, and they have interviewed real people. They interviewed Gershon Rosas. They tried to get Maury, which is funny because they wouldn't let him hire his own staff. Unbelievable. Uh, so I don't know. When you think about front office decisions and like Al Horford trades, do you guys know of anybody that you see as both realistic and attractive to you? Emily, is there anything like that you've been reading about that you are interested in? Um, I haven't been reading about too much stuff. I'm like, I say this all the time. Like I'm not good at trades and contracts stuff. Like I always, am just like, whatever happens, happens. And then I'll complain <laughs> about it later. I didn't have any better ideas. So. <laughs> then, so I think I'm kind of out on Buddy Heald. I mean, I'd still rather have him than Horford, but um, like if he can't find minutes on the Kings, like I don't, I haven't watched a ton of, a ton of Buddy Heald. Um, Cause I, I don't, really watch the Kings unless they're playing the Sixers. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, is, he's clearly, like, obviously he's also way overpaid. Um, the one guy who I would still, I think, is worth sending a few first-rounders for and maybe, like, a Matisse is Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, I don't think you could give away that Tobias contract, but maybe the Horford deal with, like, a Josh Richardson to get up to what Paul's making. Right. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I think – that's really your only chance, right? Like, if you still have Simmons, you still have Embiid, and you want to, like, actually compete in this window, which is maybe one more year before they're like, this sucks, get me out. Right, right. Then, like, that's your guy. Like, he's, he, he, he might not have three more years. He might only have one more year. He might have zero. But you have to take the shot that you can get that top 15 player for one more year and, and do something while you still have a shot. I mean, Chris Paul is unbelievable, and, like, I'm sure if you hear this at first glance, it's like, okay, Chris Paul just had a great year. Horford had an awful year. And, like, why would Oklahoma City entertain that? And I think that they're, like, a super forward-thinking front office. Like, I think that they just made all these trades to get all these first-round picks, and I think they were probably surprised at how good they were with Chris Paul. And they might project forward and be like, because he has a giant contract, too. Like, a year ago, they attached picks to him to get, get off, Westbrook. to get Westbrook, right. So, like, I feel like the, the, the opinion on that contract changes very quickly. So they might think ahead and be like, we'll take, because you need to match the contract. So they'll be like, we'll take out uh, Horford if you sweeten the deal with these other things. And, like, and they would well, be betting on. years left, too. His contract's going to be up sooner. Right. So they would be betting on Paul not playing as well as he did this year and also more assets, like, whenever the next superstar is available, they are so set up because they have all of these picks just waiting to happen. So uh, they're definitely positioned for that. And, uh, and we'll see. Do you guys want Terry Rozier? How do we feel about Terry Rozier? No. <laughs> Can I just tell you something really random quickly? Please, please. So I looked up Chris Paul because I wanted to see how old he was. And like, you know how when you Google someone, like on the like right side, it'll just have like a little blurb with like their information. It has height, six feet, and then in parentheses, it says, same as Kyle Lowry. Like, why is that there? (laughs) Cute. (laughs) I'm like, oh, good to know. Thanks for that fun fact. And I was just like, what? Maybe that's That's that being like, people don't know what six feet is. So, like, if you know how tall Kyle Lowry is, (laughs) now you know how tall Chris Paul is. It was like, this is so weird. Yeah. Anyways, that's my thoughts on Chris Paul. That's really now good. One players are measured in Kyle Lowry's. So that's our new unit. Yeah. <laughs> one, right. 1.03 Kyle Lowry's. <laughs> Joel Embiid is one and a half Kyle Lowry's. <laughs> um, speaking, of, speaking of Kyle Lowry, we're going to take an ad break right now. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back. All right. So uh, it's time for the most likely game. We feel awful about the Sixers. You feel awful about the Sixers. That doesn't mean we're going to stop doing this stupid thing. Emily, (laughs) take it away. Okay. So some of these are based on things I found online. I crowdsource from my friends. And some are just things that are about things that I like. And I'm going to make you guys talk about them potentially. So there we go. All right. So the first question is, who is most likely to meet a ghost? Who who gets the first? Who's first? Um, I don't know. What are the, do we make rules on this? No, you choose. You choose who goes first. Okay, I will pick. Are you a fan pick... of the podcast? Usually, usually <laughs> that that's how it goes. I don't know. I'll pick Dan. <laughs> All right. Most likely to see a ghost. Uh, no, meet a ghost. ghost. They're meeting this ghost. They're not just ghost. seeing it. Oh, okay. So like this is like a important conversation, like. Okay. Yeah. Most likely to meet a ghost doesn't change my answer. I'm going to go with Matisse okay. because I think he's he's very like like he's like approachable, welcoming. Like you see him, he's like, I want to go talk to that guy. Like you know, he's he's adorable. Like you know, what was the thing with the guy in the bookstore? You know, and he's like, Oh, you Matisse. You know. Oh like, yeah. If I saw Matisse, I would say Matisse. Like I need to, go, and the ghost is gonna approach Matisse. Matisse doesn't like he's not like ghost busting. Like the ghost is, sees Matisse and he's like, "I gotta meet him." Love Matisse, <laughs> and they and and the way Matisse is, they hit it off. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, I think about ghosts, and I think about death, and I think about which sixer is always on the brink of death, and that is Zaire Smith. This guy can't eat a sesame bagel without convulsing. I think that Zaire has had some scrapes and, uh, and, and over the last year and a half, I think he probably met a ghost that was like a family member who, who was like, get off the Sixers, whatever you have to do, buddy. I'm <laughs> telling you right now, go play in Sacramento. It doesn't matter, get off the Sixers. So I think that Zaire met a ghost. You're implying Zaire is really on the Sixers. That's a good point. Spentrated <laughs> <He's been laughs> already. Um, those are both good answers. I like that you took it from two different angles. Like one is like which sixer has been closest to like, you you know, (laughs) I've talked about sixers dying too much on this podcast. It's like really dark. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of like Matisse, like being friends with like a Casper type. So I'm going to pick Dan for this one. Wow. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. Um, so the next one, who is most likely to go on reality television? Okay. I have an answer and I take it that it's my turn. Yes. Great. Uh, Kyle O'Quinn. I feel like he's probably going to retire soon and I think he's going to have a dating show where it's like, Kylo cute and he has like a house full and this is post COVID. So this might happen in five years, but it's like a house full of singles. Bachelor's coming back in the fall. So they could do Are it. Are they going to be in the same house? They're doing it on a res- like a resort. They're like quarantined as a, at a resort and they're like not it. traveling. But it's like yeah. the bubble. Okay. Cool. Yeah. There's a bachelor so, bubble. Yes. I think that Kylo Quinn would have like his own reality show, like a Brett Michaels or a uh, Flavor Flav, that kind of show where he, I don't know if he's married, no offense, but I think that he will, he will have a house. And he's very likable. He's got a great smile. Dan? The sixer who is on reality TV at times and hates it is Ben Simmons. Uh, he, uh, on, uh, you know, isn't, he's been on, the, uh, keep, on Keeping Up with Kardashians, hasn't he? I believe. I don't I don't, know I don't, I don't know. I think he, I, I believe he hides from the camera. Yeah, I think he hides. But I think he's been like caught a bit. So cannot confirm. I, I this could be made up, but it <laughs> might be true. 
And uh, so I'm gonna say say Ben, and he he would like hate every second of it, but like <laughs> he also like thinks that girl's really cute, and he just ends up on the show. Well, now we're about to see Devin Booker on that show if you swing oh, up with the with the tabloids. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give that one to Steve. Um, I I really liked that you already had a name for Kylo Quinn show. Thank you. And I'm I'm ready to send it to pilot. I'm into it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Who is most likely to get in line behind a mannequin at a store? Oh, that's funny. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> most likely to get in line behind a mannequin at a store is. Mm, God, that's. I feel like that's such an insulting. <laughs> All right. I've done it, so I won't. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to uh, Joel, and here's why. He's really tall, so like he kind of just stands. He gets in line, and he he's not even looking. Like everyone else is gonna like see the person, the the mannequin in front of them, and eventually be like, oh, this person's not moving at all. But Joel's eye line, you know, like his psychos straight, like his their heads at his like belly button. So he's not like staring at the ground. He's just looking at the register, waiting for the line to move, not even realizing that this is not a person. The mannequin is only one Kyle Lowry tall. <laughs> so so <laughs> Um, Okay, I like that, Dan. I respect your answer. But the right answer, I think, is Furkan Korkmaz. I think he seems very polite to me, and he's also tall, and he could look right over Kyle Lowry, and I think that if he was in line, he would be like, are you next? Are you next now? Not to be offensive, but that's sort of close to his voice. Um, so I, that would be my guess. And uh, the real answer is I don't have a good answer for this. Because <laughs> it's a really random question? No, it's good. Okay. Um, I don't know who to pick because I don't know that either of those are the right answer. But did you, have, did you have an idea of who you thought would be the right answer? Well, I mean, if you're a tall person, you would be able to see past the mannequin to know that there's not more of a line in front Ooh. of the mannequin. So yeah. really, it should be someone who's less than one Kyle Lowry tall. So you need to do like a Howl Netto or like someone little. Mm, was, um, I cursed that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the politeness angle, but I'm going to go <laughs> with, but I'm going to go with Dan. What because is I because I think that I'm going to go with the idea that Embiid is, like, so tall that he just, like, can see the whole store versus, like, just the line. I'm okay, the worst he, judge ever. You know what? You know what? Let's not. You know but what? it's Let's my not. game today. I'm surprised so. no one said Tobias after, like, thinking back on it after today. Like, right, well, that's all right, but I think he's a little boozy still. Yeah, that's a, that would have been the better answer. <laughs> Yeah, I never get to judge the game again, clearly. But we're just gonna, this is my world right now. We're just living in it. Okay, next question. Dan, is, Dan has two, Steve has one. Just yeah. to set the stage here. Okay. Who's the most likely to secretly love boy bands? Okay, secretly love boy bands. Hang on one second. <clears throat> now, remember, you said secretly love. Mm -hmm. So that's going to disqualify one person. Okay. I'm going to say that I think Marielle Shayok likes him a boy band. Mm. I think when he is warming up to not play in the game, he puts in some O-Town and that's what he likes. I think that he, not enough people have talked to him. He sort of stays to himself, although I think he's probably well-liked. He shoots from deep a lot. Why would that have anything to do with it? I think it's probably Mario Shayok, uh, who likes who likes a, a boy band. Who <laughs> likes O Town? Yes. So the okay. right answer is Ryan Brokoff. Uh, have you have you have you seen the guy? I mean, come on. Listen, but, nothing wrong with liking boy bands, but he but looks like boy bands. But it's a secret, Dan. Yeah, but he doesn't go around bragging about it. He just right. looks like he does, and he's right. not ashamed of it. But does anyone know anything he does is a secret? That's true. That's also true. Literally, I know nothing about the guy. <laughs> I think he's already not a sixer, too. Like, I think when the game ended, he stopped being a sixer. 
Well, right. I, I'm, I'm sticking with him. Okay. I'm going to give this one to Steve. Love it. Mostly because I, um, Brokoff, I think he looks like a little too nerdy to secretly like boy bands. Like, I think that he tries to like cool music so that Ooh. he's cooler. Um, so I think Shayak is cool. And so he keeps his boy band love more of a secret. Love it. Okay. Dan, did you see I got that one? <laughs> it's you too. Who, it's all tied up. I got that one, right? No. No? no? Okay. I'm going to mute you. I get the, I can mute you when it's time for you to give your next answer. In Emily's game of just pick whatever she really wants <laughs> to be the answer game. <laughs> okay. Next question is, who is most likely to move out of their house because of a spider? All right. I'm up, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to win this one because I know Emily by now. And so the answer is <laughs> Shake Milton because he, he he's going to be okay for a few more days. But as soon as he stops watching Saw, he is going to be terrified of this stuff. <laughs> So, I seed my time. It's Shay. All right. Yeah. I seed my time. All right. Dan. Great. <laughs> when we get to, like, playing this game, we'll just have, like, all these secret lives, and we'll have to play to whoever's picking, like, about what they think, and it's not anything close to what the player is anymore. Like, right. it's just the secret narratives we've created. It's Sixers it's fan fiction. Yeah. My, my, my goal with this game is, like, someday we have, like, a player from the team on who actually knows, like, the right answers, but we oh, judge him and, like, based on what we like, think, that's not wrong. what it really is. Yeah. Like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, next question. I don't know if either of you saw Jason Kelsey's recent, um, like, practice wear. He wore a Flyers jersey the other day. He wore Kobe Bryant today. So my question is, who is most likely to wear another Philly Philly team's jersey during like warm-ups or warm-ups? So not like walking into the arena warm-ups. Um, okay. So I am going to say now during warm-ups sort of complicates it. I mean, I know um, you're not really allowed, but just pretend. So now this is another Philly team. It has to be another Philly team. Yes. Got it. I was gonna say Horford would just wear a Celtics jersey. Um <laughs> I will say, I think that it would be, I, yeah, I think it has to be Mike Scott wearing a Flyers jersey. He loves wearing Flyers jersey, and I think it's not too hard to extrapolate him wearing a Flyers jersey in to him wearing a Flyers jersey when he comes off the bench. So, yeah, I'm going right. to say Mike Scott. There's one answer in my head that could beat this. So, Dan, you have okay. a shot. I'm going to go with Tobias Harris, and here's why. That no, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me convince you. Let me convince you. All right. Tobias Harris is going to have to do a lot of pandering after the season, right? Mm. He, he's not, at this moment, very well-loved by the fans going into this offseason after that playoff performance. And the, he's here for five years, probably not getting out of that one. So he, he wants to, you know, keep his rep up. He wants to be well – he wants people to look at it like, yeah, the contract's bad, but we still love Tobias. And, like – I think as a guy, people like him, but in the playoffs, he kind of like makes it like, it makes it hard. And he'll just, he's going to come in in an Eagles jersey and everyone's going to be like, okay, I'm on board. All right. In my mind, the answer was Ben Simmons, just because I thought he's like the pretty boy, like big name star of the team, like Bryce Harper, like swear other team stuff. So like Ben, like swear <laughs> other team stuff. But I have to say that Dan convinced me. I, I really, yes. yeah. I really like the pandering answer because it works on me. I really, really love when people I didn't wear even other listen teams. To it. Stuff. I checked out. I wasn't even listening. He, he was really good because that works on me so like so well. If I see a player in like Damn. or like I went to Delaware, if I see someone in Delaware stuff, not that anyone's ever in Delaware stuff, I would like like if Joe Flacco wears a Delaware thing, I'm like Joe Flacco is the best player ever. Elite, and he's not. But it wow. works. So I so Dan. Dan wins yes. four to two. Wow. I totally checked out. I was ready. I was looking at the roster. Wait, is it four two or am I? I always thought I was up three no, two. No, you were up three no, two. You just won. No way. You won yeah. six. Wow. That was my first win. Collusion. That was I was really like ready to give it to you, Steve, but he was good. Do you want to say it again? Like how, how close I was to getting it? Or you do you want close. to rub it in more? Great. But Dan like really explained to us. <sighs> Okay. I appreciate this a lot. <laughs> I needed this today after that. <laughs> All right. So we're going to hit a couple quick things before we get out of here. 
Um, is there anyone that you guys know of uh, in terms of coaches or front office people that you've seen rumored or that you've thought about that you would like to join the organization? I guess we can really focus on coaches as that's what we're really sure of. Um, Dan, what do you think? Are there coaches out there that you are particularly interested in? Yeah, I mean, the one, the one name is like if D'Antoni becomes available, I would love to, to bring him in. I yeah. think um, he's just like a – He's a fun, well, he's a fun coach when the Sixers need a lot of fun, first of all. Right. Um, although some people hate the way the Rockets play. Actually, I kind of like watching Harden just dribble and shoot. I don't know. Uh-huh. But um, I, I would – and I think, you know, he's, he's a coach who gets a lot out of um, just like veterans who have, who have been around and figures out the right roles for them, which is uh, definitely not something Brett did well. Um, and maybe, maybe he couldn't on this team. We'll have to see when someone else tries. But I think if anyone could do it, it, it would be D'Antoni and if – who knows? The Rockets could very easily make a good run, but if he's if he's available, I'd be really happy to see him here. What about you, Emma? Yeah, I agree with that. I just think the important thing is, I really think they need to bring someone in from the outside instead of promoting someone internally. I'm kind of worried that they're just going to give um, someone that's on the bench now the head coaching job, and I don't think that's the right move. I think they need to bring someone someone new in completely. Not that I don't like those guys on the bench. Um, but I'd rather see them get their opportunities elsewhere um, to do kind of like a Lloyd Pierce thing and like really grow a team and then bring someone new in for us. Yeah. I, uh, I, the, the in-house candidate seems to be Ime Udoka. Um, uh, he's really good looking. So that would be great for us, for, like personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I agree that like fresh eyes, like a brand new, person um d'antoni would be fun you would wonder like what he would do with like a person like ben simmons like i'd be very interested in that uh ty lu is also out there i think that he's probably a favorite for the brooklyn job um but i don't I think, think that- ty lu can like come to philadelphia again like i just like what if they can't every time iverson's in the house they play the step over like what I know, would they, they dunk do on that guy all the time that, they that's can't, he can't be a sixers coach yeah um, so, uh, that's basically, yeah. I mean, then there's assistance. I don't really know if I want like a guy who's already coached or uh, rather than a person, I honestly just want them to like involve Simmons and Embiid in the process because I, I really think that it's not hard to imagine a trade request somewhere here. So they need to like be on their shit when it comes yeah. to like, like adding people to the organization. Uh, all right, the last thing, uh, the Sixers got the 21st pick in the draft from OKC. It conveyed as well as it could have, 21. It was top 20 protect, protected. Um, the Sixers have five picks in the draft, which is more than any other team. Uh, so they, might, they might sell a lot of – right, exactly. They might sell all of the second rounders and maybe even the first. Uh, but are there draft people that you guys are interested in? I haven't really paid much attention to college basketball. I don't know much about it. Yeah, so my my uh, freshman year of college, Pitt went 0-19 in the ACC, and I've hated college basketball ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Um, uh, but we'll definitely, like, at some point have to have someone on who does know. Yep. Uh, unless Emily watches a lot of college basketball. I do not. Well, I only start watching college basketball in the NCAA tournament, so I've watched zero college basketball this year. So always come to us for your hot draft takes. Yeah, this is why do oh, you come to we'll this still podcast? Have takes. Yeah, right. yeah, we'll have them. <laughs> you know, what we'll have takes about who's handsome, who's not handsome. That's basically it. At some point, I'll form an opinion based on something I heard from someone else. Hundred percent. Exactly. Right. Somebody yeah. has a good workout and talks some shit. Love it. Yes. We'll have one person on the pod and we'll just all agree with them. And then those will be our opinions. Yes. Yeah. Confirmation by. And that's the um, best way to do it. Right. Uh, so this is the end of the episode. The, uh, the, the Sixers got swept. Uh, I'm sort of glad that it happened after they started losing. Um, uh, next week, we're going to talk to Yaron Weitzman. Yaron wrote the book tanking to the top, which is all about the Sixers like palace intrigue over the last five, 10 years. And uh, Yaron, we're, we're going to have some changes uh, whether it's just Brett or Brett and the front office. So Yaron will have lots of information on that uh, and as it pertains to the owners and all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. It's good to see you both. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk to you next week. See you guys. See you